Jeff, you bad motherfucker. Here we go. Welcome to the podcast, everybody. I'm your host, Rasta Jeff. This is episode 799 of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. I've got a fun episode lined up for us. In this episode, I'm going to give away free seeds. That's right. I've teamed up with SeedsHereNow.com to give away free iRe genetic seeds. We're going to talk more about that later in this episode. I do want to start off by sending a big thank you shout out to everybody who did support the 420 sale on iRedirect.com. Thank you for the support. I do appreciate that. Of course, by the time this episode comes out, the April sale will be over. We are working on a fresh sale for the month of May. There will also be a fresh drop. There are two new products that will be added to the website, possibly more. I know there are two coming out that you have been waiting for. Make sure you check iRedirect.com. They will be on the website very soon if they're not already there by the time this episode comes out. Also, make sure you join the Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Patreon does get the very first heads up when seeds drop. They get the first heads up when there are new sales, new stock, or just things that you might want to be aware of. Patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Also, don't forget to sign up for the newsletter or the mailing list. You can sign up for that at iregenetics.com. Simply scroll down to the bottom of the page. There's a little tab that looks like an envelope. It says stay tuned or stay up to date. Type in your email address. That will add you to the mailing list. When I do new drops or promotions or updates to the website, I do send out updates to the mailing list. Of course, Patreon does get that first update, but it will go Patreon, then the mailing list. Then after that, it's Discord. Then I go to the social medias. But be sure to join the mailing list or the Patreon campaign so you don't miss the fresh drops at iredirect.com. Speaking of fresh drops, I will be at the Dude Grows Cup June 3rd in Fort Collins. That's right. The fr- our friends at the Dude Grows Show are throwing the Dude Grows Cup once again just outside of Fort Collins. Team Irie Genetics will be there. We'll have a bunch of fresh new products with us, a bunch of the familiar stuff, a bunch of new stuff, a bunch of regular, a bunch of feminized things that I think you will really enjoy. So come join us at the Dude Grows Cup just outside of Fort Collins on June 3rd. Make sure you check out dgccup.com for all of that information. All right, I feel like we've covered all of the business part here at the start of the podcast. I do have something I kind of want to segue into. I'm not sure if you pay attention to the news, but recently a man was executed in Singapore for possession of 2.2 pounds of cannabis. That's right. A man was executed for cannabis. I don't believe that that is right. I don't believe that that is fair. I think that that is wrong. I think that's terrible. Uh, Being somebody who uh, promotes, advocates, supports, and thoroughly enjoys cannabis, This is fucking heartbreaking to hear that somebody was put to death for possession of an herb that causes no harm in my opinion or experience and makes people feel better in a recreational and a medical way. This person is gone. Uh, They had children. They had a family. And this person is gone. The government in their country decided that they needed to kill this person for cannabis. That is fucking crazy to me. Now, another thing I want to add to this, and you'll see how they connect in just a moment, is I was talking to a friend who was recently traveling around the world, and they went to Australia, and they found themselves in Australia smoking a little bit of pot in front of a bar. Somebody walked up to them and said, hey, mate. I'm not sure they said, hey, mate, but they're Australian, so they probably did. They said, hey, mate, you can't smoke that. The cops are already on the way looking for you. They smelled it down the street. And my friend said, what, you can't just smoke a joint in front of a bar here? And they said, no, you will go straight to jail for having cannabis with you here. So you've got to get rid of that. You've got to hide. You've got to get rid of the smell. So my friend had to get rid of his cannabis. He had to get rid of the cannabis he was smoking. He had to get rid of his stash and his accessories. He had to go somewhere, make sure he didn't smell like cannabis because they were looking for this person. 
where I am headed with this, you guys. I'm here in Colorado. My friend was from Colorado. Uh, don't forget sometimes that it is not all Colorado. It is not safe to travel everywhere with cannabis. It is not safe to consume cannabis openly everywhere. You've got to keep your heads up. You've got to learn about the rules, the laws, the regulations before you go somewhere and find out what type of risk you're putting yourself in if you do travel with cannabis or consume or acquire cannabis in a foreign or strange land. It could be a different state. If I'm going to a different state, I do research before I go there. Can I take cannabis? What happens if I do take cannabis? What happens if I take concentrates? What kind of trouble am I going to get into if I get caught with a couple of joints? What kind of trouble do I get into if I get caught with a couple grams of cannabis? What kind of trouble do I get into for traveling with it? I do all of that research. If I'm going to a state next to me, a few states over, if I'm flying somewhere, I think about all of that stuff before I travel. Do extra research on that if you are traveling abroad, going to another country with different laws, rules, and regulations. Whatever you think works here may not work there. Things are different in other countries. And once you're in their country, you are under their laws. You've got to follow their laws. You may be a privileged person here. You may not fit a certain criteria here where you're going to get searched and hassled. In another country, you're probably exactly who they're going to search and hassle. So my point of this is somebody has been executed for cannabis in another country. A person I know was almost arrested and given a really hard time for consuming cannabis, just a little tiny bit of cannabis outside of a bar in Australia. My point here is be very careful, you guys. I don't want you to get uh, put in a foreign jail where we'll never hear from you again, dude. They're going to feed you terrible food and treat you like shit forever because you're an American in a foreign prison in a foreign jail. Good luck with that. And I definitely don't want you executed for enjoying our favorite plant. Don't be a statistic in another country. I know it's fun to smoke. It's fun to get high and enter at your own risk. But I'm saying understand the risk and be as careful as possible. All right. That's enough of the news talk I wanted to cover today. Let's segue into the cannabis cultivation and cannabis questions portion of this podcast. I do have a lot of great questions that I do want to answer. This question that I'm about to read did come from, did come from the Grow Help tab on iriegenetics.com. That was harder to say than it looked. If you go to iriegenetics.com, there's a row of tabs on the top. One of them says questions or grow help. If you click on that tab, you'll be given the opportunity to fill out a questionnaire asking about your garden. Then at the end, you are given the opportunity to ask a grow question. This grow question came from our friend Polly Two Fingers. Said, what kind of question do you have? It is a general grow question. The question from Polly Two Fingers goes a lot like this. It says, what's up, Rasta Jeff? What's up, Polly? Good to meet you, bro. It says, I love your podcast. Thank you, bro, because I love you too. It says, seriously, it is one of the best for real knowledge. I appreciate that. Thank you. It says, not just bro science. Some of it is bro science, but it's also, I've got a lot of experience. So I feel like I can talk from experience. I read a lot. And then there is some bro science mixed in. It says, it's actually quite quality info. Thank you, brother. I do appreciate that. Uh, I try hard to give you real, reliable, accurate info. I feel like you guys are going to use the advice that I give you in your garden. And I would feel like a real, uh, a terrible person if you messed up your garden based on the advice that I give you. Um, I'm, I try to be better than that. So it goes on. It says, my question is this. This is a really good question here also. Why? Why, oh, why does my pH drift in my reservoir? That's a really good, very common question. I've got a good logical explanation, but let's go a little further. I did say explanation on purpose, just so you know, so you're paying attention. Uh, it says, uh, I've heard it will go down if there is a bacteria, but mine wants to rise slowly as days go by. I'm using Floriflex nutrients. They are salt-based and I run a sterile system. They claim their nutrients are stable for weeks. I'm just curious if you have any good info on this issue. I've not heard anyone tackle this issue and I feel like 
this pH drifting will affect my final product. It will. It goes on. It says, I'm looking at getting a Blue Lab pH controller with the pump to keep it dialed in. Any help is greatly appreciated from your friend, Polly Two Fingers. Polly, I've got a really great, really logical, really rational explanation for what I think is happening here in your grow why your pH is rising. This could be a reservoir for hydroponics. This could be a reservoir for an auto watering system. It could be an ebb and, ebb and flow table. It could be a drain to waste table. I don't know exactly what you've got set up, but I imagine a large reservoir. Um, and from that reservoir, water will be pumped out of that into your plants. Um, over time, there will be evaporation, right? The, ev the water is going to evaporate from that vessel, from your reservoir. So the water level is going to go down. But as that water evaporates, guess what happens? The salts from your bottled nutrients do not evaporate. So they're becoming more concentrated. You'll also notice if you measure the pH or the EC, it is probably slightly rising as well because water has evaporated and none of the salts that you have added to that water are leaving. They're solids. They're not leaving. So the water is up in the air now. It's up in the air as vapor. It's becoming clouds. It's becoming rain. It's becoming humidity. It's a problem in the grow. Maybe it's sucked right back up into the dehumidifier, but those nutrients are still right there in your reservoir. So you've got less water. It might be very minute difference amount of water, but it can make a big difference in the pH and the EC. So you got a little bit less water and you haven't reduced the amount of salts. So that's going to make the EC go up and the pH are going up because it doesn't seem like you're losing a lot of water, but over a couple of days, you're probably evaporating a little bit of water, especially if you've got bubbles in there because the bubbles are adding a lot of oxygen to that and putting the, uh, the water into the air and giving it more opportunity to become a vapor and humidity into the room. So what I really think is happening here is just the water is evaporating. It's making your pH rise because there's still salts remaining. There's less water. The ratio has changed. That's throwing off your pH. The way to fix that is just keep monitor monitoring that pH. And if it gets lower out of your range, add a little bit of water. Uh, and that water should bring the pH down right where you wanted it. Uh, you may need to add a little bit of pH down. That may also be the solution. Maybe consider checking the EC or the PPMs while you're doing this. They may need to be adjusted as well. All right, my friend, Polly Two Fingers, I feel like I've answered your question. Thank you for the great question. Here's the best part, my dude. Since I read your question here on the podcast, that means you win a free pack of iRe Genetic Seeds, and those seeds are sponsored by our friends at SeedsHereNow.com. So please, Polly, uh, Polly Two Fingers, please send me your shipping address and a real name to put on the box. I can't put Polly Two Fingers on there. The post office will make a funny face when they receive that box. So send me a real name or at least a good name to ship a package to and an address, and I will happily get you a free pack of Irie Genetic Seeds. That's right, everybody. If I read your message here on the podcast, that means that you win a free pack of seeds. To get your message here on the podcast, once again, go to that Grow Help tab on iriegenetics.com. There's a tab that says Grow Help or Grow Questions. Send me your question through that tab. If I read it here on the show, you win a free pack of Irie Genetic Seeds. I and of course, if you have sent a message and I have not read it here on the podcast, do not feel discouraged. I've got a lot of messages here in front of me. I've got a big stack of messages in the office. I am trying to work my way through the pile. They are in no particular order. I kind of give them a proofread and say this show, next show, this show, next show. That's as far as I go. Let's stay focused because I've got another one for this show. The next message on this episode came from our friend, 
Dave Skylark. Big shout out to my buddy Dave Skylark. Thank you for the great message. This one did come from the Grow Help tab. So my buddy Dave, you do win a free pack of Irie Genetic Seeds sponsored by our friends at SeedsHereNow.com. Please do send me your mailing address. I'd be happy to send you out a package of seeds. This question goes a lot like this. It says, yo, Rasta Jeff, I hope you are doing amazing I feel like I'm doing quite well, bro. Thank you for asking. Says, I definitely look forward to testing out the many strains you offer. I am a huge Sativa fan. Oh, you're definitely going to enjoy my products if you like Sativas. I like that head wrecking, head tripping buzz. Uh, if I if I can walk into Target and not have a panic attack, I did not get high enough before we went into Target. I need to go take a couple of more dabs. But let's stay focused, which is hard for me today. It says, I'm just curious. What are your thoughts on predator bugs? versus chemical or organic sprays for when pests show up, possibly indoors. I haven't ran into pests yet, but it's best to be prepared. Yes, because now that you've said you have not ran into pests, guess what? They're coming. You've invited them by saying that. It goes on. It says, I would love to hear this on an episode of the podcast. Well, here you go, bro. It is on the podcast. It is happening, bro. Uh, it wraps it up with, thank you so much. My buddy, Dave Skylark, thank you so much for the great question. This is a very good question. Uh, how do I feel about predator bugs versus chemical or organic sprays uh, indoors? I actually use a combination of sprayed pesticide applications and predator insects in a commercial grow environment. I don't do it as much in a personal grow uh, because there's not as much uh, as much at stake in a personal grow. In a, in a commercial grow, there are millions of dollars at risk at stake per harvest. In a personal grow, it's not as much. Uh, and the, uh, the predator bugs get a little bit expensive. The budget is better for the commercial grow. It's more worth it, more worthwhile. Let me delve into what I'm talking about here. In a commercial grow, I like to start with spray applications, just basic sprays, uh, evergreen, or um, what's the other one that I like to use in the commercial grow? Evergreen's my favorite go-to uh, most of the time for preventative. I probably talk about that one a lot. Uh, Azatrol, I think, is still allowed in the commercial grow environment. Venerate is still allowed. I like to use products like that as just a basic in a rotation for my ba basic integrated pest management system. And we're going to talk a lot about pest management in another future episode. I'm going to do a full episode about it. But I like to spray those products through veg. I like to spray those products right at the beginning of flower. But as soon as I have flower formations, I don't want to apply any more sprayed pesticides. I don't want to mess up the flowers in any way. Uh, I don't want to slow down their growth. I don't want to mess up the flavor. I don't want to do any damage to those flowers once they start developing. I just want big, fat, healthy flower clusters. So I need some way to stop bugs from attacking that grow once I stop using those spray applications because some of the grows that I work with in the Colorado area, they're in the middle of basically the middle of the desert and there are bugs out there and there are bushes out there and we can't, uh, we can only do so much to the outside environment and the building is only so sealed. So bugs are able to get in. So I've got to do things to make sure they cannot get to my plants. So once I have hit the threshold that I feel like my plants are too beefy and too chunky to apply a spray pesticide, that is when I begin to release large batches of predator insects. There is a very large variety of predator insects you can release in a cultivation facility to eliminate bugs, eradicate bugs, keep bugs at bay. You can get rid of almost any insect with other insects. You just may have to be aggressive about it. It's all about a numbers game. Also, just like pesticides, it's just as important. When I use a pesticide, my first question is, what bugs are we trying to attack? What pest is coming? What am I spraying for? Because uh, if you're fighting uh, guys with AK-47s, you don't want to send in karate guys. That's not going to work. You've got to send in guys with fucking missile launchers to take them out. You've got to know what you're battling so that you can win. 
Uh, the same thing applies for attacking a pest problem with another pest. You need the appropriate pest. So you have to do your research on that part. Also, it is very environmental and regionally dependent. Some pests, some of your predator bugs will not stick around if your humidity is too high or too low. Some of the predators will not stick around if the temperature is too high or too low. So you've got to find the bugs that work for your environment and attack the pest you are trying to eradicate. Now to some people it may sound crazy that I'm going to apply sprays and then release bugs, but I'm going to time it properly. I'm going to spray all the way up to about day 10 of flower, and then I'm going to stop spraying. Then we're going to do a heavy defoliation one last time, and we're going to order the insects. The bugs will show up about day 14 or 15, then we'll release all of those bugs. By this time, all of the sprayed pesticide applications have broken down. Uh, they've been broken down by the light, by the wind, and they are no longer going to be a problem for the incoming predator bugs. So I will spray all through veg uh, once or twice a week. If I see, I spray once a week no matter what. And then if I see a problem, we step it up, we spray twice a week. If I still see problems, then I really need to step my shit up because I am failing twice a week should get the job done no matter what bugs I'm facing. Then I will taper off the sprays. If I don't see any problems as we go into flower, taper off the sprays, do another defoliation and release the predator bugs. Those bugs are going to work like an army, like security guards. They're going to get in there hungry. Uh, when they come in the mail, they are hungry, bro. When those bugs show up, they are ready to fucking go. So release those strategically, spread them out through the canopy. Uh, if you've got a hot spot of bugs you're trying to get rid of, focus some of your bugs on that hot spot and get rid of those bugs. They will come in. They will start eating the shit out of the bad guys. They will take over. They will colonize. And then once all of your pests are gone, basically all of your good bugs will die too if they don't have a food source. You can feed them if you like, or you can let them dwindle off and die. A lot of times if we have extra bugs from the flower rooms, I will go put some of those in the mom room because I do believe that the mother room is where it all starts. If you don't have healthy moms, you can't have healthy clones. Then you can't have healthy veg. You'll never have healthy flowers. So I'll go spread some of those in the mom room just to give that mom room a little bonus. Uh, get some predator bugs in there. And that way they're already started. They're colonizing in there and we can move them around. Yes, perhaps a lot of them are going to get destroyed by pesticide applications in the future, but they're like little backup guardians for the time that they do survive. All right, my friend, Dave Skylark, thank you for the great question. I do appreciate it. My method, use those sprayed applications right up till the last minute, then switch to those bugs. If you do want to use bugs the whole way, let me talk about that. You definitely can use predator bugs the entire time through the grow, through the grow cycle if you don't want to add spray applications. And there are some spray applications that will not harm beneficial insects. They will keep some of your, uh, your beneficial predator bugs around. You do need to do the research on that. If you're going to spray something, read, will it kill hypoaspis miles? Will it kill green lacewings? See, because some of your applications are only going to kill the insects that bite into the leaf. And some of these guys don't bite into the leaf. They just crawl around on it. So you may be able to spray some applications even after you do release the predators. Once again, you'll have to do your research for specific predators and specific sprays, but you definitely can use the predator bugs through the entire duration of the grow. Once again, I will list off some more because I think I went through them quite quickly a moment ago. Uh, there is the Californicus or the Swarovski, the Hypoaspis miles, the green lace wings. Um, there's another one that I just cannot think of right now that is voracious. Um, yeah, the minute pirate bug is definitely a hungry little bastard. I like the green lacewing eggs. They come on little cards. They hatch and they turn into these little, uh, that looks like a little microscopic crocodile. Those guys are hungry as shit. They will eat the shit out of all of the bugs in your garden. 
Uh, I recommend not to waste your time with ladybugs. A lot of people are going to say, just buy ladybugs and release those. Nah, bro. Ladybugs are fucking lazy compared to more aggressive bugs. There are much more aggressive predators out there. If you're going to pay money, you want to get the good shit. Get the aggressive bugs, uh, the bugs I mentioned before. And also ladybugs, for every thousand ladybugs you release, I think 500 of them fly into the lights, into the ducting, into the blowers and get, they're suicidal. They kamikaze themselves right the fuck away. The ladybugs are really cool for about 30 minutes. You get them in there, take a bunch of photos. Oh, ladybugs, cool, they're everywhere. And then the next day it smells like shit because they stink so bad. You walk into the grow and it sounds like you're walking on crunchy popcorn because there's dead ladybugs on the floor and they're just, you're just busting them. I don't like the ladybugs. I think I made my point on that. Um, I'm Rasta Jeff and I vote no on ladybugs in the grow. Use a more aggressive predator. That's my stance on shit. All right, where are we on time? I think we've got time for one more question here. Uh, also, did I say this already? My dude, Dave Skylark. Yes, I said this. Please do reach out because I owe you a free pack of Irie Genetics seeds. All right. This next message once again came from the contact form submission on Irie Direct. This one came from our friend Greg. Big shout out to my buddy Greg. I don't know if you want your full name set here, buddy. You wrote your full name. I'm just going to call you Greg today. Big shout out to my buddy Greg. Greg says, I want to know what strains you have that are powdery mildew resistant. That is a really good question. A lot of people are going to be growing outdoors this year. A lot of people on the coastal areas are always looking for that mold and mildew resistant strain. A lot of people have been asking me this lately because they are going outdoors. I have got some recommendations for you. Have no fear. Rasta Jeff has got answers. One of the strains I can recommend to you that has been proven to be very resistant to powdery mildew in indoor and outdoor environments is Morning Dew. Morning Dew is one of my favorite strains. That is a grateful dog pollinated by an Arise plant. I made both of those plants and then I bred them together. So that is one of my favorite creations. Uh, the Morning Dew makes uh, kind of a skunky, chemically cushy sort of aromas and flavors with a really nice buzz. So that one is Morning Dew. That one is going to be very powdery, mildew resistant. The next one is Character Zero. Uh, Character Zero is an afterglow cross. A lot of the afterglow crosses that I made um, about a year ago, uh, those crosses are all very powdery mildew resistant, but some of the standout crosses in that lineup were the Character Zero and the Sunday Show. Those are both very powdery mildew resistant. Those both have a very specific, very special plant in there, which is a Nigerian cross to an Afghani cross to a Nepali. Well, I'm surprised and glad that I remembered all of that. And everything that comes from that plant that is crossed to that plant does make very powdery mildew resistant plants. So uh, that plant uh, was crossed to the afterglow. That, that plant was also crossed to the fire OG and then crossed to the afterglow. Both of those offspring create very powdery mildew resistant plants. And once again, those are the zero, character zero and Sunday show. I've got one more for you that we're going to talk about here that is very powdery mildew resistant. And that one is called fist bump. Fist bump is sour diesel to arise. That one is super stinky. Uh, it's got a super sour diesel, chemical, dirty feet, sort of a funky thing to it. And the buzz on it is amazing. It'll make your eyes nice and heavy, uh, make you nice and red-eyed, give you that old-school cotton mouth, and the flavor is just right. So uh, some options for powdery mildew-resistant strains from my lineup. I would say Morning Dew. Uh, Morning Dew is regular seeds, by the way, male-female seeds. Uh, the Character Zero and Sunday Show our two more recommendations, those are feminized seeds. And my final recommendation for you was fist bump, and that is regular seeds. 
Uh, my friend Greg, I do thank you for the great question. I hope I answered your question thoroughly. Of course, I do owe you a free pack of Irie Genetic Seeds, so please send me your address so I can get you a pack of powdery mildew-resistant seeds for your garden. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys, girls, pimps, hoes, friends, foes, smokers, growers, clone cutters, and pollen chuckers, all of you beautiful cannabis enthusiasts and activists out there, I do want to thank you once again for listening to another episode of the Grow From Your Heart podcast. If you have any questions, corrections, comments, or concerns, you know that I would love to hear from you. My email address is growfromyourheart at hotmail.com. Don't be shy. Once again, if you need grow help, if you have garden questions, please do reach out. Go to irigenetics.com. Scroll down to that grow help tab. Type in your grow questions. Just like you saw today, if I read your grow question on an upcoming episode, that means that you win free seeds and I will send those right to you. And that is sponsored by our friends at seedsherenow.com. Uh, make sure you check out the Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Of course, the Patreon members at the $4.20 level do get the first notification of new drops and new updates on iRedirect.com. So make sure you check out the Patreon campaign at patreon.com forward slash grow from your heart. Everything else you could possibly imagine or possibly need from me will be on my website at iregenetics.com. There's a link to the, there's a new and updated link to the discord server. Big shout out to the web guy for fixing that for us. Guys, if you've been trying to get to the discord server and that link did not work, please try again. Go to iregenetics.com. Click on that discord server tab. Hey, Rasta Jeff, while you're editing this, go fix that tab on Linktree also. I'm not going to edit that out, but I need to fix my own Linktree link because I think the Discord link is dead there also. Guys, come join us on Discord. It would be great to see you. Uh, there is a link to get the seeds. There's a link to merchandise. There's a link to the podcast. Everything you can imagine, once again, is on iregenetics.com. All right, I think that is all I've got for you for this episode. I'll be back next week with fresh new content. I want to give a big shout out to my buddy, The Real Mick Blunts. And until next time, take a fat dab and give your mom a hug for me. We'll